Welcome to Business is Good, the podcast all about what it means to be in business in the 21st century. Small and medium-sized businesses are the lifeblood of the UK economy, and globally they can and will have a huge impact on society, the economy and how we live our lives. From technology disruption to reworking a solution to solve the world's biggest problem, Business is Good is a podcast about what it takes to be successful and how every business defines that in different ways. Business is no longer just about being defined by what you do, but it's about giving back and redefining the problems and how we solve them in a way that works for you. I'm your host, Caroline Sumners, and I'll be giving you weekly inspirational stories from business owners who are building business and solving problems. Hi there, welcome to another edition of Business is Good podcast. This is your host, Caroline Sumners, and today I'm talking to the fantastic Elizabeth McKenzie. Um, Elizabeth and I have worked together previously. Um, Elizabeth is an amazing copywriter, um, as well as being a comedy writer, and I think is also in the process of writing a film script. Um, Not only do... um, uh, Elizabeth and I share a, a love for her hometown of Melbourne, um, but we also spent a considerable amount of time talking about dogs in this episode. Um, so um, please do enjoy. You'll get some great tips from um, Elizabeth in terms of copywriting, how to add personality to your work, and how to really stand out. So please do enjoy um, this chat with Elizabeth McKenzie. Elizabeth McKenzie. Yes. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Um, so, Elizabeth is copywriter extraordinaire. <laughs> You're more than that, though, aren't you? You're more than a copywriter. You're well, like, well, I guess. General yeah, I problem mean, guess. solver guru. <laughs> Well, and, and I, I guess we can get to that, but that's, I guess, because copywriting really is the icing on the cake. You need to have all that foundation. You need to have the cake before you can ice it. So, I guess. Um, in order f- to be a copywriter extraordinaire, you need to have the foundations of the strategy and the business model and what we're doing and what we're selling and who we're selling it to. So it is a very layered kind of approach um, when you want to write copy that works. And so, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I call upon a lot of my marketing and media communications um, that I studied and and worked in. And yeah, so I guess it's copywriting is my true passion. It's what I love. I love that icing on the cake. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely helping build that kind of, uh, the foundation when anytime I work with a a business to make sure that I'm writing the copy that's going to work. So do you find, do you find a lot of the time when people come to you that they haven't got the basics? So they come to you for copywriting because they think they need copywriting, which they obviously do, but do you find that they haven't got the, like the basics worked out and it's just like, um, I feel like both, I guess mostly they've got basic basics sort out. Like, all right, I'm going to be like an accountant. Like, it's not like they're like, I don't know what I want. So they've got their basics. They know what they want to do. They generally know what they want to sell. They generally know about like who they want to sell it to. But but what they are is confused. They're, they are confused about like f- what's the message and, and what is what's the message I need to say to talk to my people? And is this really what people actually want? Like 
taking the fact that yes, you've created a, an offer that is something people need, but really looking at, at it from a place of, uh, sorry, looking at it at a place of what people actually want. And so there's a lot of kind of confusion as well as, I mean, information overload, right? A lot of yeah. businesses yeah, yeah, yeah. come to me overloaded with information with this person said this and this person said that and this person said this. So it's kind of, um, you know, weaving through a lot of that, uh, flicking a lot of that aside coming back to the core of like, this is your business. This is how you want to show up. Um, this is what you want. And like, let's, um, use that to guide us in then, you know, how do you position your product and then how do you, um, you know, sell it as well with the copy that we write as well. So, I guess most people have the the most basics down, but uh, layered and layered and layered in confusion. And what do I do? And where do I go? And what do I say? And how do I say it? And what am I supposed to do? Yeah, I mean, I think I've. I mean, even for someone that's in marketing myself, I think I, I you know, because Elizabeth and I, full disclosure, a lot of the copy on my website mm-hmm. has been written by Elizabeth <laughs> McKenzie, uh, <laughs> because you, I think, you get so. You're so close to it that you can't separate Absolutely. out what you're trying to say, um, and that's the struggle I always have with with writing coffee for myself. Absolutely, and you know, I, full disclosure for me, I I need a soundboard when I write copy for myself too because I'm too close to it. Um, so I need to always have that one layer removed of, uh, you know, for someone to be able to, to, for me to be able to bounce ideas off, but absolutely when you're really close to it, um, you kind of take a lot of the information or knowledge that you have as, um, it's, it's just, you assume everyone knows what you know when you're really, really close to something yeah. and most of the time that's not the case. Most of the time your knowledge and your expertise and your experience, it's very unique to you, but you just kind of, a lot of people just assume that what they know is what everyone else knows. So they kind of like start off on this back foot of not really, I guess, like accepting truly um, how unique they are and what they have to offer. So I think there's a bit of that, you know, going, oh, by the way, you know, everything that you've experienced, what you've learned and, um, you know, what you've studied and what you've had experience in, that is all um, stuff that we need to actually uncover and talk about in your copy because um, people don't know what you know. Yeah. And you know what? I make that mistake all the time. I was going on the other day. I was, I was actually presenting something and I was sort of going on about Facebook pixels and, you know, retargeting and stuff like that. Right. And, and I, and I looked out at the audience and there was just like these, these blank looks. Mm-hmm. And I was so like, it's like, right. So we do tend to, to pitch ourselves for our industry instead of our idol. Yes. A lot of the time, right. Yeah. 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 When you start talking about Facebook pixels and you start talking about, um, you know, your industry, because it's such ingrained knowledge for you, you don't realize that this is all brand new information. So a lot, yeah, I see that mistake a lot where, um, you know, the business is pitching more at an industry level knowledge and to their industry peers, which, you know, if you're wanting to write an article in an industry journal, that's totally fine. That's the right audience. But when you're trying to write your website or write your emails to your ideal clients, um, that's kind of where the messaging and goes up, goes wrong. And that's where, you know, that first step, step is coming back and really recognizing that you, your accumulation of your skills and your experience and your knowledge all, um, 
make you unique. So it's, it's rewinding the clock and going, hang on, I've, I, I have all of this and my idol client doesn't. Yeah. So yeah. I yeah. Really understand that knowledge gap. And, you know, I know that you talk about it a lot, Carolyn, with the, uh, you know, the customer life cycle. And we do a lot about that as I do a lot about that as well in my copywriting before I can write the copy. My question a lot is, um, where are they in the buying cycle and where is their awareness in the buying cycle? What have they done before they've even gotten to you? Yeah. Um, what's, their, what's their knowledge of what you're selling before they've even gotten to you? Where are they at? We need to pinpoint that moment so we can go, okay, this is assumed knowledge and these are all their knowledge gaps. And that really helps us understand what kind of message we need to create. So, um, for example, I'm working with a client right now who's a dietitian. And we're working on a weight loss sales page for her. And um, in that process, asking, okay, let's talk about the customer life cycle. Um, we've, we discovered um, that the customer, her customer, her other client has done everything under, under the sun, has tried every single diet, <laughs> has yeah. like read every single thing online. There's like, like I said, information overload. And so the issue knowledge is we don't have, like the issue knowledge is she knows what um, increase your metabolism means. She knows um, all the buzzwords. She knows calorie deficit. So we knew exactly what words the client, uh, her idol client would know that we need to read about. But we also knew that the client wouldn't understand the word metabolic rate. So we knew that that was a bit too advanced. So we needed to cut that. So all of a sudden when you start to kind of really look at your idol client and where they are in their journey, this really drives your copy in what to say. Um, so you're speaking at that right level. And again, you know, in, that's kind of like that top layer of like what words do we use and what words don't we use. But like bef even before that in the messaging, um, we could jump straight into talking about dieting without having to set up, oh, you're wanting to diet because we know that, that they've been living, they've been dieting since they were 16. So we didn't have to, you know, uh, set the scene of, oh, you, you're looking at losing a few pounds or like yeah. you're, you're interested. We didn't have to do any of that because they, that's, they're well beyond that. They're like, I need something that works. So we yeah. kind of went for the angle on that page of let's just give them the education because they don't have, that's the missing piece in their knowledge because they've been following Spitzbo accounts on Instagram and they've tried all the different things and it's not working. And let's tell them why it's not working and build that credibility quickly. So really understanding your customer life cycle and in addition where their knowledge is uh, at and where the knowledge gaps are really helps drive the message and the copy. Yeah. And actually that's really, oh, that's such great advice. And I've just actually written that down because I, <laughs> even, though even though we're recording this, because so it's simple when you say it, but it's really difficult to do, isn't it? Um, I think if you don't really. Well, you, I think when you're so close to it and you're, yeah. you're kind of having that conversation in your own head, you can kind of spin out on it, but having just, you know, someone like you to work through a customer life cycle session or working with a copywriter can help just, pull it out of your head and you can really see it clearly for what it is. Yeah, actually I'm working with a client right now and um, we just wrote a blog post and um, he is the CEO that looks at it and he was like, oh no, it's not right. Um, it's not quite right. It's not detailed enough. It's not, you know, it's too simple. And, and I had the very same conversation with him about, mm. but it's not for you and it's not for CEO level. It's for, 
the marketing, a junior marketing manager or someone who's just coming into this or someone that's just researching this product solution at the outset of their journey. And as soon as we got that straight, it was like, oh, yeah. But the problem is, you know, sometimes when you get clients who are approving blogs or content, they're looking at it from the wrong perspective. So that's a great reminder. So copywriter extraordinaire, how <laughs> did you, I always call you that, how did you get into doing this? Where did, where did it start? What have you, how did it start? Yeah. <sighs> Well, I guess I never wore being a good girl employee very well at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Any job in the corporate jungle was never going to allow me the freedom to do what I love and could never really find a place to call home in a career sense. So I started my business um, when I was... So actually, I went back to be a full-time student. So first I studied my marketing and media communications, went out into the big, bad corporate world moved around a lot. I was like, Oh my God, I just, I can't do corporate. Hmm. And I went back to become a full-time student and do my master's in speech pathology. So I thought, look, if I can't do my, if I'm marketing and and media communications just doesn't feel right in corporate world, I'm going to take what I love about marketing and, and and what I love about marketing, which is the communication. And I'm going to like do it for good. So I went and became a speech pathologist. And while I was, um, while I was studying full time, I set up my. I started my business. Um, I started um, first. I started a blog, as per everyone at the time. Blogging that was so big back then. Um, so yeah, started a blog and then kind of loved writing. Loved, loved, loved it. Um, and got to a point where you know the uh, magical phrase of, I want to monetize my blog. What do I do? (laughs) It's so funny. First I was like, I mean, it's ridiculous. First I was like, well, everyone around me was becoming life coaches because that was what you did. You had a blog and you got to talk about whatever you wanted and then you would sell life coaching. So I thought maybe I'll do that. And I was like, oh, hang on. I don't know how to be a life coach. I'm not going to do that. And I remember getting on a call with another um uh, I, I had like a, a two hour consult with someone, someone recommended to me business coach wise. And we got on a call and she said, so Liz, uh, tell me about yourself. And I'm like, yeah, I'm studying speech pathology. But before that I marketing and media communications was my degree. And I worked five years in corporate and she's like, right. So if you want to run your run a business, you should do marketing. And I was like, what? Like what? <laughs> She's like, well, you have all the experience (laughs) and it kind of came down to like all this natural knowledge that you have that built your blog up into something, all of this, you know, everything that you've done to run a successful blog happened because you you studied marketing. I mean, it was because you studied that. So take all that ingrained knowledge and then like distill it into a marketing consulting package and sell it. And so I did. And so that was when my business was born. Um, and pretty much it just kind of kept developing and developing from there. So I started out as my, as a marketing consultant and, uh, did that for a good kind of three years and then just started, it just started niching a little bit more, became a little bit more about messaging and the, the content of marketing. And then, uh, I kind of woke up one day and got to a point where I was like, I just want to do all the writing for my clients. And, um, put out an offer I say hey I'm going to do some copywriting who wants it and 
ever yeah. find it. Yeah. And it kind of, that's, 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 the catalyst. It. that's it. Here I am now. Um, yeah. Five years in uh, doing copywriting and I'm now again, branching out a little bit to offer some marketing and sales consulting, uh, some copy coaching, just a few little extra kind of uh, ways to work with people and meet them where they're at. Um, but yeah, so that's how I became a copywriter. I, and I love that. I do love, I mean, I love that. I love that in my journal, I kind of just got to a point where I was like, I just want to write. I just want to make money from my words. I just want to, I just want to write. I just want to make money from, I just kept kind of affirming it and affirming it. And, and you know, okay, wait, this is the, this is also another crazy part of the story is that I was living with my uh, roommate. I was living with my housemate at the time. And so I was working on my business, doing my marketing, consulting, and I just kept saying, I just want to, I just want to do the writing for them. Like, you know, we'd, I'd consult with them and map out their message and I'd tell them to go off and do it. And for some reason or not, they'd either don't, they wouldn't do it or they'd, they'd stress about it. People were finding it really hard to express themselves, even though we'd mapped out exactly what to say. There was just a little, um, you know, it was just harder for them to do it, which, and writing was so natural to me. And so my room housemate at the time came home and I just said, oh, you know what, Ryan, I just, I just really want to write. And he's like, he, so his job, he's a copywriter for a big, massive advertising agency. And it never clicked for me that that was what I wanted to do. So I'm living with a copywriter and he comes home and he's like, why don't you just become a copywriter, Liz? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, just do it. Like you have the marketing education, you have all of the knowledge to actually be a copywriter. There's no real bachelor of copywriting, Liz. Like you don't have to worry about that. Like just do it. You have like, that's how I did it. And that's how I work it. Like DDB or whatever it was at the time. And I was like, are you sure? And he's like, yes. And so I was like, that's when I wrote the email and sent it out. And I was like, the rest is history. And I was like, oh my God, the universe is so like conspiring this whole time. Like made me live with my best mate who was a copywriter. And I just, it was under my nose this whole entire time. And I just needed to um, open my eyes a little bit. So yeah, that's my story. <laughs> that's so cool. I love it. And, mm -hmm. and as you say, the rest is history, but you don't just do, you're, you're like, screenwriter as well right you're writing a play <laughs> well so this you know that one journal entry of uh, millions of years ago now of I just want to write I just want to make money for my words I feel like that was like you know copywriting was the the first thing and then I wrote a book and then I was like I want to write a tv show and then all like it was almost like this floodgate to open to to be and live my truth which is I'm a writer in all the ways in all the capacity in any way, you know, if I, when I write, that's when I feel like I'm living my best life, my best self. So if I'm not writing, everything goes downhill. I feel lethargic. I feel like I hate the world and everyone around it. And it's funny because when I have those moments, I check in and I'm like, hang on, when was the last time you actually wrote something? Uh, and then I was like, oh, I haven't written in like two days. No wonder, like go and write something. So, you know, um, yeah. So, well, that's uh, amazing that it has that effect on you though. That's kind uh, of like, that shows that that's exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, copywriting was that first step and it's, uh, I guess it is my first true love in terms of, you know, my writing and I love it. There's not nothing, um, more exciting than when you land on a phrase that for a client that you're like, Oh my God, this is so fun. 
And, you know, really my copywriting is here to make people, like it's to delight people. You know, I really have uh, made a name for myself to for personality-infused copy and really making sure that, you know, people... Uh, we're so people are people your target market audiences are so clued in now yeah. they're so yeah. smart and they're also really jaded so if you just make them smile then you have done so much for your brand that that you, you haven't been able to do by just making them smile by delighting them just by lighting their day up a little bit even though they're reading sales copies it's really like a, my philosophy in my copywriting which kind of then I guess bled over into that kind of entertain I want to entertain people and that's where I wrote my book and then that kind of opened up the floodgates of like I want to like entertain people um with stories and and that's kind of where the screenwriting came in and that was when I was like all right this like I need to have a tv show made I need to have a movie made I need to like really entertain people at this next level so yeah it keeps growing it keeps evolving I was like what is my next thing like (laughs) what's my next type of writing that I can do I don't know all the ways all the all the words it's definitely me so maybe maybe in a few years time we're going to see you like best screenplay at the Oscars that's the plan yeah 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 I'm putting cool. it in my journal now. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have been. Let's be forever. I have been exactly. <laughs> That's so cool. I love it. So, uh, what's been? Uh, I mean, what's been the highlight? Do you think of your business so, so far? Well, I think the highlight is getting paid to write words. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of uh, what I love about writing and copy and obviously how it bleeds out into every kind of area is that you you kind of get to play God. You kind of get to create out of nothing. You, you know, it's a thought in your head, an idea, a spark, and you get to create it into something. And then I get paid to do that. So to me, I mean, I'm, it's, it's such a true honor and highlight every day that I get to wake up and get paid to write and the bonus is I get to do it from home and I get to do it with my dogs. So I couldn't ask for anything better. Like there's no way I could ever like go into an office again. I was like, what am I supposed to do without my dogs? Like all day. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm a crazy dog lady. What can I say? It's cool. And that is not the whole reason why Elizabeth and I get on well, <laughs> uh, but probably one of them. Um, and I didn't, I don't only interview people that have dogs, but it seems to be, <laughs> seems to be going that way. It's not a criteria. It's not a criteria, but maybe it will be for the next series. Right. Well, but maybe it's like okay. So because I've had Melvin for ten years, he actually just had his tenth birthday two weeks ago, and I started my business like I reckon it was seven years ago now in total. So like those first three years of having Melvin, I was like. I was like, why am I going to my corporate, my corporate, why am I going to this corporate job and leaving my dog behind? Like, I reckon there was yeah. also something, I reckon my dog definitely helped me like get on the road to entrepreneurship. So I didn't have to leave him at home. By himself well, like- you know what? I now work in a, a small co-working space that I, um, I started up with a, a, a business oh, partner. Awesome. And the reason that we are in the building that we're in, because we've got, a, we've got a spec. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was like, the only reason I could go into a co-working space is if I could bring my dogs. And I feel like I may as well just stay at home. (laughs) Yeah, well, the thing is, that's what, you know, that's what I, so I said to my business partner, right, yeah, definitely let's get some, we'll get a space. And it's only small, the space that we have. I said, but 
we have to, it has to be somewhere where Rufus can come because there's no point me going there right. all day and leaving him at home or paying for him to go to doggy daycare. It makes no right. sense. So I was like, right, we have to have somewhere where, um, oh my God, we dogs. So we have a niche co-working offering in the, in where I live because we are the only place that can, you can take dogs. So yesterday That's there was cool. four humans and three dogs. <laughs> I love that. It was chaos. Oh my God. And because my dog is the oldest, he's he's six and a half. Mm-hmm. He's getting a little bit bad tempered with the puppies. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my God, I love it. Oh my God, that's amazing. That's such yeah. a great niche. Exactly. So we just need, I reckon it's going to actually, we're going to, it's going to get to the point where we're actually going to need someone to watch the dogs, I think. Gonna oh my have God. A look. It's going to be like a doggy yeah. daycare slash working space. But they're there constantly, so you're there, you know, you've got good dog vibes, but you, then you've got a dedicated person to look after yeah. them, take them for walks to give you a little break, and then they come back and they're, like, super happy to see you. Exactly. How cool is that? I love it. That's so cool. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. But, you know, you've got to – the thing is, it's – it's. Um, I just actually wrote down, I think I might do a new podcast, The Business of Dogs, I think. <laughs> Or something like that. And uh, people interview people that have got a business but uh, also got a dog. It can be about both. <laughs> How do you do it? <laughs> I don't know. Rufus would be very uncooperative. <laughs> yeah, it's not very visual, is it? Uh, just having a dog sitting there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We're not going to be able to do that. Okay, so get my game totally off track. Um, so what's ne- what's next for the business? What's happening? Uh, we, we have spoken a bit about this offline, but what's what's happening next with the business? You've so, said you're kind well, of going back to marketing-ish, not just so, adding that. Well, yeah, I guess. Okay, so I'm doing – my business was called The Copy Word, and I just did a big reveal this week that I'm uh, changing the name to Ride or Die, which is totally more aligned to me. And in that process, I kind of – I did do a bit of a deep dive into my own business and took a look at my customer lifecycle – journey myself and realized that I was really only servicing people in a tiny gap in time in their entire business journey, which was generally, Hey, you need a new website. You want to, you need new words on your website, or do you need to set up an email welcome series? And that felt really restrictive to me. I mean, at the time it kind of happened naturally. I think, you know, the message of niching down has gotten really out of hand as business owners. We believe, you know, and I do believe laser focus is important, but I think I believe I got to a point where I niched down so much that I felt like it was restricting the way that I could support my community and uh, small business owners. So I kind of did a bit of a look at my my services and that's, that's where I kind of, uh, instead of only having the one copywriting offer kind of branched out to have now, you know, I'm in the middle of launching five different offers, which, which are designed to support business owners at different parts of their business journey. Um, it all comes down. I mean, it's still all tied into copywriting, uh, which like, you know, like I said at the start, which is that icing on the cake, but I'm also now helping with the cake as well. So, um, I've got my, my copywriting projects, which aren't going anywhere. There's copywriter on demand, which is a, a lot more of a, you and I together, we work an hour in your business together on whatever projects you're working on. Um, in terms of, you know, the copy, the content, the marketing, um, just having that, like I'm on your team and I'm supporting you every week. Yeah. Uh, I felt 
like that was, you know, that was kind of missing, you know, once people got my content, you know, and again, this is like me having that assumed knowledge. It's like, oh, here's a Google doc with content with all the copy, go, go do something with it. And assuming people knew exactly what to do, which, uh, is not true. People need a lot of support in, okay, now you've got this copy. What are we doing with it? How are we launching with it? launching it how are you repurposing it what are we doing with ongoing content how are you getting the message out about this uh you know there's so much after just receiving copy and obviously you know with the copy we did for you you as a marketer you knew exactly what to do with it and you're one of my star uh, clients who actually went ahead and put it on your website it's crazy how many people have it sitting on there right like and that was one of my frustrations I was like you haven't updated the copy. I haven't seen it anywhere. Like, and I think people, you know, people get stuck with what to do next. How do I show up that, and, you know, consistently showing up is unfortunately (laughs) um, what we have to do as business to remain in mind. We have to be consistent. And so I, I feel like, you know, showing up for a one uh, moment in time for a client just wasn't enough support for them. So, yeah, so I've kind of branched out into more of a, um, ongoing copy, copy consulting coaching for weekly with clients. Um, I'm also going to launch a content club as well, which is a smaller membership site. Um, because I know a lot of people, uh, stare at a blank page and stress Mm. out about what to say and then don't say anything. And it's shocking to me how many people actually have spent the time to build a list and then just do not email people like, I'm like, oh my God, you just spent your time and energy and your money building a list and you're telling me you haven't emailed them in three months. Like what? It is an epidemic in business. And I think it, you know, I I think it's understandable when you you have to consistently come up with things to say and things to say that aren't just because you have to say something. Um, So I really want to support people in that idea generation and ability to shop and enjoy the process. Um, and yeah, the fourth one is kind of going back to my roots of offering some marketing and and sales consulting, that kind of customer lifecycle stuff that we spoke about. I do it naturally in a copywriting projects, but I'd really love to offer it as more of a targeted offering and, you know, really monitor, uh, you know, with a marketing plan and putting the plan into action and, and doing the analysis on, on, on things and really monitoring it. So diving deeper into that. And then the fifth one, um, which is, uh, it's a passion project of mine, but it's, it's business coaching for copywriters. So uh, being on this journey as a copywriter and being able to be really successful in that field, I would love to support other writers who also have a journal filled with words saying, I want to make money from my words. I really want to help them be able to do that. Because um, when you have that kind of natural passion for writing, um, you totally can translate that into a very profitable business. And I'd love to help people do that. So, so yeah, this kind of like, you got me on the week that I kind of launched this all out into the world. I know. And that, and who knew, cause we had multiple reschedules for various illnesses and time zone challenges and all sorts of shenanigans going so, on. And it literally so all happened this week. I was like, I oh know. my God, it's so cool. <laughs> Perfect true story. I need to, I need to tell you a true story. I was doing some yeah. LinkedIn. I was doing some LinkedIn. Um, uh, what's the word? <clears throat> Outreach. Right. I used, I used, took some of the, some of the content that you'd, we'd done together and then yeah. added to it, took away from it. And I was sending connection requests to people, sending them, you know, a nice follow-up email. Yeah. And I got two, not just one, but two emails back 
message oh my back God. saying was the best LinkedIn outreach <gasps> message they'd ever received. Oh my God! Yay! Yes. I was that like, so cool. I'm so cool. I w- if only I'd <laughs> written it all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but it shows that actually, if you, but you know, if you get it right, it really connects with people, right? Totally. And I, I do, you're absolutely right. It is about, you know, and I think, you know, it, it, it comes back to in a world where, we're, where we are bombarded with information and messages. Um, if you can stand out just that little bit, it, the odds will be in your favor. Like, and the, for you, you know, if you can kind of think about how many outreach emails go out in LinkedIn and how boring and maybe mundane or just like meh they are. And you were able to do something that was just a little bit different and a little bit interesting. Um, how, you know, how that kind of changed that the trajectory of that kind of you know, that message and for you to be able to build that rapport and that connection with someone. Yeah. I think it's pretty, awesome. you know, the power of co- good copy. You were talking earlier about um, if you can make someone smile or make someone laugh. I mean, randomly Elizabeth is in, Melbourne in Australia. I'm <laughs> on the south coast of the UK. And that we did have a connection in common, Liz um, Riley, who um, she, I think she, you, well, I don't, you think you've known her? I'm working before? with her right now. Are you? So, yes. but, uh, so Liz happened to comment on a Facebook post that Elizabeth had written on, <laughs> you know, a, a couple of years ago, whenever it was, we still first worked together. And I was like, who is this person? Who is this copywriter? And I literally connected, like, liked Elizabeth's um, Facebook page, looked at a couple of things, and I was like, I want to work with this person. <sighs> and that was literally how it went, right? So it shows that, A, show up on social media, because whoever, you don't know who knows who, right? You don't know who totally. knows how you're going to get connected to somebody or anything. And that what you write does matter um, because it, you know, if you read it and you immediately connect with it, then that was, I was sold straight away. And it didn't matter that there was an 11 hour time difference. So (laughs) I mean, it did something. We made it work. We made it work. Right. So, but I think that's a really important lesson for people to, to sort of take away from it because it is so easy just to think, oh, I just write anything today. Right. But actually, right. and I'm guilty of it myself, but I, or, you know, whenever I see your, your, um, your posts and stuff, I'm like, oh, she's, she's so good. She's so good. I wish I could, I wish I could write like that, but it's true. Right. But I mean, I do, I agree. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I just gotta, I do can fall into the trap of a better post something and I yeah. do have to stop myself and be like, hang on, like you never know who's watching. And I think it is like a bit of a hat tip to the silent observer, right? There are so many people yeah. out there watching you and you don't know it because they're, they're just silently observing and they're not going to comment on your status and they're not even going to like it, but they're silently observing you. So um, don't forget that you do have, there are people out there Watching is so okay. I did tell you another story. I reached out to um, uh, an agent in Hollywood because I wanted to um, see if I could get close to an actress about 
a movie that I've written and it's like this far off shot and it was just like this you know sometimes I'm just like I'm gonna do something crazy I'm gonna like find Margot Robbie's like agent and like reach out to him <laughs> and I accidentally left my links in for my Instagram um on the email that I left and I have a little track a click notif- like I have an open notification like it's called banana tag it's very cool because it lets you know who's opened your emails or not and mm. so I had that turned on because I wanted to see if they would ever open it and uh, they'd opened it and then they clicked on my Instagram and I would have never known if I didn't track that. And it, it totally reminded me that um, people, there are those silent observers. People are going to click on look and how would you feel? I love, my favorite saying is how would you feel if your biggest business crush or just your business, I don't know, your celebrity crush landed on your Instagram or on your Facebook page or even on your website, like, how would you feel of them reading it? And just to kind of like tap in and see, like, are you giving your best? Are you, uh, yeah. Are you like, are you using copy that's like 10 years old, but you haven't bothered to update? Cause you're like, no one's going to visit my website when people are visiting, maybe not a lot, but people still are. And that, you know, out of however many people, you know, you could still get, a client um, mm. from that. So yeah, so so having someone stalk my Instagram just made me go, oh, you got to up your game, Liz. Like, are you like just posting crap because you think you need to just write versus like, do you have, say something interesting, say something entertaining, make someone laugh. Um, so uh, I, I don't know. I guess that story is just in a little cautionary tale that people yeah. are watching, maybe even Hollywood. So um, have, yeah, are you, just posting for the sake of it or um have you really just you know and even for me I'll even if I'm like okay I want to post a photo of my dog I'm like I'm going to just give myself an extra 10 minutes to think of a funny caption or think of something interesting to say to go along with the photo um right so like it's just giving yourself that time and so because there are silent observers people are watching you and it might be Carolyn and she might stalk you on the work with you (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, th- the thing is, I got I got to a spell last year with social media. Towards the end of the year, I was like, oh, I'm done. I've got totally. No- we, I've got I think it's nothing fine. to say. <laughs> no one cares. You know, I don't care. None of that. And so I just stopped posting. So it's, as I said to many clients, it's do as I say, not do as I do. <laughs> um, I think we all go through cycles with it, though, yeah, as well. Yeah, and I yeah. think... You know, in the grand scheme of things, if you take a month off, it's in the grand scheme of running your business forever, it's not a big deal. Sometimes no. you've got to regroup. Sometimes you need to, you do get burnt out a little bit and you need to just take a break. So also not to like catastrophize and then just not show up for six months because you didn't show up for one month. Yeah, exactly. And so then I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to not going to get stressed about it and be like, oh, you must, you know, because then you start reading stuff like you must Instagram oh. engagement, you must post three times a day and oh, six stories. And it's like, who has the time or energy for that? <laughs> totally. unless, unless you are like a professional Instagrammer. Right. Unless you're selling an Instagram course, you don't have to post three times a day on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. So now I'm like, okay, when did I last post? Like, I actually, it might have been yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah. One day ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I do like every two or three days because Perfect. otherwise it's, oh, otherwise it just becomes too much for you. Right. But I think, I think you're right. That is a, 
That is a really good cautionary tale about, and you never know who's watching. And the, yeah, you, and the silent people that are not saying anything, but they're just taking note. Right. And then we're waiting in the wings, ready to work with you, ready for you to kind of say that one thing that's going to click for them as well. And that, I love, that's how I love to think of it is that these silent observers aren't there to judge you. They're waiting for that. Mo- they're waiting in the wings, ready to pay you and just waiting for that moment where something clicks for them. So it's a disservice for you not to show up for that. Um, yeah. 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 Cool. All right. It's, uh, I'm going to close this out because yeah. uh, we'll just carry on. <laughs> so I've got one last question that I don't ask every yes. guest, but I think that I'm going to ask you because oh, okay. I think you're going to have a great answer. So uh, it's random. <laughs> what is your favorite word? Uh, okay. My favorite word is braggadocio. <laughs> What? It means it's braggadocio. It means braggy, boastful. Um, it's, but it's just so fun to say. Um, oh my God, braggadocio. Just say it, braggadocio. Braggadocio. How yeah. do you spell that? Brag? B R A double G A D O C I O. So funny story. I thought this word was made up by this comedian. I, that I thought, thought you'd made that up, man. No, go on to. I, so, so okay. So I was watching uh, one of my favorite comedians' Instagram Instagram stories, and he's telling a story about going through the airport and TSA catching like a gun in someone's carry on, and he was like, "Oh, you shouldn't be so braggadocio about catching a gun in, at TSA at an airport. I mean, that's your job." And I, it just sent me over the edge. It was so hilarious. And that I thought he made up that word. I thought he made it up. I was like, "But this is my new word. I'm going to say it." And then I found out it was actually a real word in dictionary.com. And so it's real. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can, so I've just checked it up on the all knowing Google as we talk and it's yeah. like, and so it, it confirms boastful or arrogant behavior. And right. then it's, and then the next thing down is how do you use braggadocio in a sentence? It's got some examples. One of which is will Donald Trump have yet another reason for his unrelenting braggadocio? <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. Um, and I think the reason why I wanted to share this with you is that, you know, yes, every word carries a meaning and a, a translation, but really words also people carry a certain meaning around a word just for how it sounds and how it feels in your mouth when you say it out loud. And that one is just such a fun word to say for me. So, um, words aren't just about the meaning, you know, the dictionary translation is all about how it sounds um when you when you're saying it as well so um, i love it i am going to (laughs) set myself the challenge of using that in a sentence i don't (laughs) know if it's going to be able to be tomorrow but i'm going to try in the next at least in the next (laughs) week to be able to use that word and i will report back yes (laughs) people will be like what are you speaking italian like i thought maybe Italian version of being brat. Maybe it is. You know, maybe it is the Italian version, and I'm fine with it because I love it, Italy. Oh, it's going to be literally. It's going to be like my favorite word from now on. Everyone's going to be like, "Will you stop <laughs> saying that? It's so annoying." Oh. All right. Well, that's a good point to end on, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. 
Okay, so wasn't that fun? I just love Elizabeth. Um, we always have great fun when we chat. We always manage to go totally off piste when we're talking, but I think Elizabeth has just got some great ideas and is a great writer. So I hope you managed to get some good um, tips out of that from Elizabeth. And that's it for another week um, of Business is Good podcast. I hope to see you again soon. And uh, yeah, see you for now. Bye. Tune in next week where we'll have more inspirational stories talking about moving your business beyond what it is and moving it more towards what you're in business for, what's important and doing good and changing the way things should be done.